I am always and I'm going to reach your great expectations. Read by Arvid. Chapter 1. The Man and the Mist. The churchyard was damp and overgrown. I crouched along the nettles, among the nettles by the graves of my father, my mother, and my little brother. The wind roared around me, and twenty miles away, across the marsh, the tree sea howled. Mist and frog waved long white fingers toward the churchyard. That has stolen everybody I love, I thought, and began to cry. Stop that noise, you little devil, or I'll cut your throat. I handsomely grabbed my shoulder. I'm turning, I saw a man burst through the mist into your a terrible white-haired man. His clothes were wet, torn, and smothered in mud. His shoes were worn, though his teeth chattered. Locked on his legs was a chain that dragged and clanked as he shook me fiercely. Don't hurt me, please, I begged in terror. What's your name, boy? He growled. Quick! Pip, sir, where do you live, Pip? He gripped my wrist. Down there, sir, I nodded. Past the church with George Blacksmith and his wife, that's my sister, sir. Blacksmith? Ah! He pushed me into a tombstone so that his eyes beamed down on mine and mine looked helplessly at up at his. You know what is a fire, Pip? He asked. Yeah, yes, sir. It's a sword that goes through iron. Get me one first thing in the morning. Get me four to oil. I'll rip your heart. Don't think you're safe. I know where you live. I stumbled. Swear it. Say loud strike you dead if you don't. I said it and she let go of me. Terrified and ran home fast turning this one to see him jump over the churchyard wall and disappear into the empty black marsh. My sister met me with the broomstick which she whacked against my bottom. Curse the boy, she yelled. Lead again, no supper for you. As she spoke, a loud bang is blooded in my ears like a huge gun. What's that? I cried. The police and my Sister Grimly, what are they doing? They're firing to run of and escape prisoner from the hawk. Please watch the hawk, I asked. My sister shook me. When you will, you will end up if you don't ask, stop asking questions. It's, yeah, prison ship for bad people like murderers and robbers. She pushed me up. With the end of the bombstick. Go up to bed. Now. I didn't start that night because Carve Kindo crept up certainly with some suppers for me. But my dreams were held haunted by an evil ran with clank and chains. And I kept walking terrified to come. For me, at dawn, I went down to those files from his forge. I knew he won't mind once he understood and stole a big pork pie and a bottle 
of brandy from the kitchen. My sister, unlike Joel, would be furious when she discovered the theft and I prayed she won't guess the tea for now. Chapter 2 The Strange Bride. Chapter 2 The Strange Bride. The man was waiting for me by the churchyard. Bless you, boy, he grunted, seizing the stuff from my hands. He gulped funny and tore sharp, snapping bites off the pie like a dog. Then he grabbed the file and began sawing at his chain, his eyes shifting sideways as if expecting danger from everywhere. I shan't forget you, boy, he said. Remember me. Abel Mangwich. That's my name. I won't forget you, sir. I said I meant it. I know you'll disturb my thoughts forever. He was still sighing as I went back home for the marsh. Inside, I found Joe and my sister with a visitor. Mr. Jagger's cigar. He looked me up and down, though his bushy eyebrows like a dodge. I thought my sister had summoned me because I was a thief and I shook in my shoes. Lucky Pip, Joe went in, raising my fears. You should be grateful, my sister interrupted. Mr. Jagger says Mrs. Havisham wants you to visit her today. I stunned. Mrs. Havisham was a which old woman who lived in a large house in our village and never saw anyone. My sister washed my face and hair needed my hand. Face and hair knitting her hands into my scalp until I saw stars. Well, no matter how much questions I asked, she couldn't throw light on why Mrs. Harrison wanted me. Mr. Jaggers and I arrived in Mrs. Havisham's gate. Behind was an overgrown country courtyard. Mr. Jagger, swelling with importance, jangled the bell and a very pretty, haughty looking girl arrived. You must be, she said, looking at me. Then she turned to Mr. Jagger. Do you want to see Mrs. Harrison? She said, asked if she wants to see me. Mr. Jaggers replied expectantly. She doesn't, said the girl. And she pulled me to, to the gate and closed it, leaving Mr. Jagger staring after us. And we went. All the passages were dark. At last, we stomped outside a large outdoor. <coughs> Go in, she ordered. After you, I said, more in shyness than polite. Don't be ridiculous, she replied, walking. I'm not going in. 
half afraid, I pushed open the door and found myself in a large room. Well, lit with wax candles, with, but without a drop of daylight. Seated in a chair, her elbow on a table, her head resting on a hand with the strangest lady I've ever seen. She wore white like a bride. A long white veil hung from her head. Even her hair was white. Then I realized that all the things I thought were white were faded and yellow. The flowers in her hair were dead and windered, and the bride within this dress was in window too. The dining table lit for a feast was hung with cobwebs that draped over the candlesticks, towering over them like a black fungus was an, an insolent wedding cake. I could see spiders scurrying in and out. Look at me, she said, turning her sunken eyes to me. Are you afraid of a woman who had not seen the sun since before you were born? No, I lied. Did you, do you know what a touch is, she asked, laying one hand upon the other of her left side. Your heart, ma'am? It's broken, she said. I did, smiling with a strange smile that had a cast of prostitute. I'm tired, she went on. I want to see a child play. So play, play. I couldn't. I didn't know what to do. I was sucking. I obstinate, she demanded. Call Estella, she ordered. To shout for the snooty girl, as bad as being told to play. But I did, and she came down to the dark corridor with the candle. Play, instead, Mrs. Havisham. Estella looked horrified. With his common clumsy boy? Well, she wondered, you can break his heart. I don't be couldn't believe my ears. It seemed it. Such a strange and terrible thing to say. You played cards until Estella won. Come here, ordered Mrs. Harsham, beckoned me over. Do you think she's pretty? I asked her whispered, yes. I whispered back. But... She's very insulting. Ha! I think she looks here. Go now, Come again next week. Estella led me back to the gate. Just as I was leaving, she smiled. Me tilting her face up to mine. So you think I'm pretty? She added, very pretty. I said, am I still insulting? She exhausted. Not as much as when I arrived. I replied. No, she responded and slapped my face with all the strength she had. What do you think of me, you fool? Little monster, I refuse to answer. Chapter 3, Lucky Lad. Chapter 3, Lucky Lad. Back home, my sister and Joe were curious, but I didn't feel like telling them anything. You'll be here probably, and she might leave. You have fortune, my sister.
Pip doesn't need a fortune. He's got a good home here. Just mine. He would be a blacksmith, just like me. Side. I didn't want to be a blacksmith like Joe. I wanted to be rich, so that Estella wouldn't despise me. Week after week, every after year, I went to Mrs. Havisham's house to play with Estella. Nothing ever changed. Wearing her crumbling white clothes. clothes. Ma Mrs. Havisham stayed indoors watching over us with her strange smile. At last, the time came when Joe said, I was old enough to start work as a poetess. My dream of being a rich gentleman was at an end. My sister had died suddenly of a fever. I felt I couldn't leave Joe. Now he was on his own. I'll have to be a workman just like him with thick boots and coarse hands. Still, I will never look at me now. I thought I would be too common for her. I won't be able to come anymore. I told Mrs. Havisham on my next visit. I have to start work. Estella's also leaving me, yeah? Mrs. Havisham told me she's going to France to finish her excavation. She must learn to be a grand lady. Estella was richer than ever and still popular. Well, she wore a pride like a rebel, protecting the real Estella from shining door. Often cause cleanliness of personalness, even the sadness that made me wish I could recuse her from her frozen tower. I am what Mrs. Havisham had made me. She confided one day. I can't help being cold and hard. She never taught me to love. I wish I could. I had wanted to tell her that I loved her. My mind formed the words that were on the wing of my lips. Couldn't she feel it? Couldn't she love me too? Before I knew I could speak, she said quickly, if she knew. I was thinking it's too late, Pip. I want, can't change myself now. She had looked so unhappy that my heart felt wrenched in sympathy. Now, on hearing Mrs. Havisham's words, my dream. That we might one day be friends and equals had reported. Estella would be a granddaddy forever beyond my reach. I hope Estella will be very happy. I told Mrs. Harrison, and you too, she said in disgust. The next they do why Mr. Jaggers came inspectly to our house. You're fortunate, Pip, he exclaimed. You are a man of great expectations. What do you mean, I gasped. 
I have asked to tell you, continued Pomposly, that you have a very large amount of money. Further, she twisted at it with grinning hand to stop telling the, the question the person who had given you the money wants you to leave home, come to London to learn how to be a gentleman. He seemed to spend with each piece, piece of news. Furthermore, he concludes, the name of this person is to remain a found secret until the person, person chose to reveal it. So, when I looked at each other completely amazed, it must be Mrs. Harisham, I thought. She's given me her fortune. If you have the slightest person who you think it might be, you're to keep your thoughts to yourself, said Mr. Jaggers, as if guessing my mind. This is one concordant of the gift. <laughs> so, so, we're going to London. Your fault. I've been my best friend and now you're going to be a grand gentleman. I'm very glad for you. I was so excited I couldn't think about anything else. It never occurred to me that I might miss Joe. And I ignored the thought that Joe, now a lonely window, might miss me. You need proper clothes before you come. Advised Mr. Jaggers, and this should not be the close of a work. Go to the best tailor in town. Here's twenty guineas to begin with, and here's my card. Come to my London house in a week's time. Yes, sir. I replied, dreaming already of an elegant carriage and childbirth horse. So it carried me and started to my new life. Chapter 4 I am welcome visitor. I must visit Mr. Twab the tail. I need a sort of fashion number clothes and mounds. I can pay with cash. Don't hurt me. Minting money. Poor Mr. Twab flushing was a fine cloth from inspecting. Suddenly had the peasant written to my future. So this is what it was like to be rich. People were so eager to believe. A week later, I went to Mr. Jaggers in London. Now, pay happy for me. We are to live with Mr. Herbert Pocket, a cousin of Mrs. Harrisham. We will show you how to hold your knife and fork properly, how to dance, and how to choose wine. In short, you will make a gentleman of you. Meanwhile, the bank will put money in your account every week. And listen, greedy. Could think of no happier life. Ah, he's my housekeeper. With the coffee he finished. The housekeeper came in carrying the tray. I stared at her with a shock of recognition. Surely I knew those eyes that here, yet I couldn't think where I had seen them before. That afternoon I met Herbert Pocket. 
was just my age. We'll have so much fun, Pip. He's quiet. We'll go to clubs and go racing. I could see my wife was going to be even better than I imagined. I could see my life was going to be even better than I imagined. I've told you, you know, Mrs. Havisham, he commented. Now there's a story. What do you mean? Yeah. You don't know it, said Herbert. Astonishment. I shook my head. I always wanted to, I said eagerly. She was dressed for her wedding. Some just feet laid on the table, Herbert began. But as she was setting off to the church, her bedroom ran with her life stopped at the moment of her wound hopes. Poor Mrs. Havisham, I said. No wonder she is so sad. How did Estella come into her life? She adopted her. No one knew where she came from. Mrs. Havisham brought her to the big man heart just as hers were broken. Life with Herbert was packed amusement. I spent my huge allowance on clothes, good wine and entertainment. Why not to learn? To steal? Pip Herbert suggested one day. I did and left so much that I brought myself his passport to face against Herbert's. Yet, down the chain. Before long, I was in debt, but I didn't care. Mr. Jaggers always gave, gave me more money when I wanted it. You're going right above me, he said. London's no place for me. I won't bother you, King. I was ashamed to say I was glad. My Mrs. Harrison wants to see you. Went back to the old house and found Mrs. Harrison. Looking older, and Estella's return for a walk to France. Now, go on, beautiful. Love her, demanded Mrs. Harrisham, playing with Estella's hair. I adopt her to be loved. Suddenly, I repeated what I've always known. I love her, I love her. I was amazed I once the blacksmith boy was designed for her. A real love mused with Mrs. Harrison. It's blind, unconscious, it's humiliating, 
giving up your whole heart and soul. I know, I said a lot. I do love you, Estella, I do. No, that I have no heart. I reply. I said, that's not love. I don't even love your Mrs. Harris now. This is how Sam turned to me then. What have I done? Jeff, she's so hard, so cool. I'm sad. Estella! I was so cold and distant. I returned to my London apartment that evening filled with unhappiness. The night was wild and stormy and I came home as fast as I could. On my doorstep, a screen man, old and tough-looking, was waiting for me. Who are you? I asked suspiciously. You have grown into a fine young gentleman, said a stranger. That's what I have hoped. You, you, better come in, I said. Because I knew the man, even though I couldn't recognize his features, knew him as. Door, the wind and rain had blown away for the years and had struck back to the churchyard where we had first met. It was Margaret's escaped prisoner. <laughs> Chapter 5 Secrets! Inside, to my horror, she hugged me. You're ready, noble. Pip. I never forgot. Don't, I said, I would not. I hope you are no longer criminal. And now you can understand. And you must understand, our ways are different. I can't ask to stay. Wait! Which order? Didn't you guess where your money came from? What? I was astonished. I got away. My riches came. I went to Australia and was lost in my life. I made it for you, Pip. Every penny saved, I thought. This will help Pip. This will make a gentleman of him. I was horrified. My money hadn't come from Mrs. Harrison, after all, but from a man who had once been a criminal, a stained, dirty money. It was hard to come back, Pip. I was continuing. I'm safe in Australia. But here my sentence is signed. If the police find me, I'll be hanged. But I want to see you. I wanted to see how my Pip had grown up. I licked my lips nervously. Why did you send me your money? A look of misery 
I had tab once. This is good. I lost her. When I saw you on the Mars, you reminded me of her. She was the same age of you then. She died. I quit. I quit. Who knows? Margaret wiped away tears. I left her with my mother. Then I heard her mother for a trip from murder. God knows what happened to my little girl. I couldn't help but feel disgusted. Margaret and his family seemed like worthy rats from the gutter without number or distinctly. Don't sneer, Margaret said. Growing up isn't easy for poor folk. I've been in and out of jail all my life. Began as a child begging, dying, thieving. He trailed off and looked at me religiously, wanting me to understand. You can stay here tonight, muttered. But it slept badly. Margaret wasn't safe in England, and I didn't like him being here either. Leaving him in my apartment, the next morning I went to see Mr. Jagger. I never know where my money comes from, I told him. How? Yes. Margaret is here. He came to see me and I went to know more. Mr. Jaggers called his housekeeper to bring us coffee. As she came in, I was struck again back to her life likeness to someone I knew. This time I realized who it was. She held herself, her beauty, thought faded, now was unstable. My jaw dropped over in this story was Estella's mother. Jaggers, watch my face and guess white, he said, when she left her room. She's indeed in Stella's mother. I was lawyer when she was arrested for murder and she was just back to watch a doctor. Got her a quit. But I took the child and gave it to Mrs. Harry Cham, who wants to adopt a little girl. Was it right to take the child from her mother? I wondered aloud, Mr. Jaggers. Mother whispered in the I told her mother if. I get you off, I'll see your child. Converse this bit. Estella's father was a criminal. I've seen proper children of criminals fall up to me the hangman himself. Here was one pretty child out the heap who could be saved. I understand. And her father, what happened to him? Who was he? Mr. Jagger's 
called him another drunk himself another drunk he said chapter 6 stormy seas and cried waters chapter 6 stormy seas and quiet waters you must get him out of England as soon as you can, Mr. Jaguar Fenton. He has plenty of enemies. If anyone of them knows he's here, they'll tell the police and he will end up dangling from a handman's rope. I'll take him down to the river as soon as the tide is right, I said. And then I'll find a ship to take him to the sea. One thing Biff, Estella knows nothing about her parents, nor does Mrs. Howsham. Promise you'll never tell. I swore myself to serve Wesley. I'll do anything to protect my beloved Estella. The fourth Owen fine night, Magwitch and I rode down the Thames, past London Bridge, past Barge and Oyster Boat until we reached the open sea. Magwitch had agreed, for his sake, to leave the country. Now he sat back smiling, smoking his pipe. No, Pip, dear boy, he said, I'm happy I've turned out well. And I'm still free. He spoke with Stone. Another vessel drew alongside in the dark, and the policeman leaped into our boat. Abermagwitch, a restaurant in the name of the law, he announced. But Magwitch would not be taken so easily. The policeman handcuffed him as him, he fought back and threw himself into the sea. His eyes go fantastic. It's right, and she tried desperately to swim. He couldn't do it, his hand reaching behind his back. In an instant, I jumped in after him. I had to save him. As I heaved my cold body, said the boy, the policeman looked down his If he isn't dead after tonight's activities, he'll get what he deserves and come before the judge, he observed. He must go to a hospital, I said firmly, and to my relief, this was loud. I wish we were the ill. His tongue in the icy water and half drowned was too much for his old heart. I stayed by his side every day. I realized how kind and true he had been to me all these years. I wanted to do after I could in return. Just walk by me, even though I am under dark cloud. He was coughing. His breath was very uneven. I'm proud of you, Pip. His voice grew fainter. Dear boy, he managed to say. Then silence. I held his hand in mine. We had a child once whom we loved and lost. Can you understand what I say? He answered with a faint sneeze on my hand. She is alive and has good friends. She is a beautiful lady and I love her. With a last moment, he raised my hands to my lips and a quiet look came to 
interested I then his head was jumped Chapter 7 The Heart of the Fire Chapter 7 The Heart of the Fire You won't get Margaret's money Now he's dead Mr. Jaggers told me the next day Then he was an escaped criminal and died in England The state owned everything he had I thought quickly. I had lived extravagantly and held large jobs. I would have to earn my own way now. I will act it after all. And now, I'm sure Joe will have me back. Joe was as kind and generous as he always been. It will be all time, Joe, and me. To get a trip? This one, just what I always wanted. I never mentioned to the time I came to London when I hadn't been welcome. So now, Joe was a tall gentleman. I had turned into small. I hated myself. Thank you, Joe, I said. I never have a better friend for you. I said goodbye to my friends in London, promising Herbert that I would write to him. I don't read Mrs. Harrison again. You'll be friendly, thank you, though. I thought he was right. I ought to. She wept when I saw her and sang on her knees. To see her dust, her white hair, and one bit and feet shocked me. It's Stella, she sobbed. I've wronged her. I wanted to save her from a face like mine. I stole her heart and put eyes in this place. I knew that was true. She had taken a happy little girl. I made her into a copy of her own despair. Saw so, that in shutting herself off, living in the past, she had cut herself from the healing influence of modern life. Her whole mind had grown diseased. Oh, babe, she wept. What have I done? I tried to comfort her. Finally, left her, giving a lunch glass. I did, oh, I had a strange feeling I never returned. From that second, I saw tiny tumble from its tiny stick and fall onto Mrs. Harrison's dress. And suddenly, faster than my dash to squish it, a great flame leaped up as she ran at me, shrieking. A word of fire blazed all over her and swirled through the ceiling, lightening the crumbling wedding feast to cobwebs and cumbera and aunt Anthony's red and orange light. I took her in my arms and swept her outside watching in Holland that flint licked my arms two scrapes of this tinder that a moment ago had been her faded purple dress floated in the smoky air and fell in a black shower carried her into the garden and wrapped her in a gorgeous murdered film on the wall calling for help. I tried to ignore the searing pain where the flames had caught me to.
and behind it your father dissolved a house. At last the doctor came. She began to speak as tend to her neck and her to catch her low and wandering voice. When the child first came, I meant to save her save her from misery like mine. And then forgive me. After that, the world turned around me dark and begging her nothing. I walked some weeks later in my old bed at Joe's house. Looking very ill, Pip, Joe said him spooning medicine in his mouth. We were badly burnt in that fire. Mrs. Harrisham, I asked, how is she? I'm afraid she is dead, Pip. Yeah, replied gently. As soon as I felt stronger, I walked to the rooms of Mrs. Harrisham's house. A coarsely grief in the Hung to the black king of stones and the king nearest our woman of fortune. Estella cried. She seemed tired, her face pale and drawn, but the look I never seen before is saddened, softened that in those warm cloud eyes. I came back from France as soon as I heard of her death, she said. Poor Mrs. Harrison. I thought of often people were kind to her, as fond of her, she was unhappy. I replied, I'm going to sit in the barn, she went on. It will be built on. Something else will take the place of that sad house. Estella interrupted. She looked up at me. She seemed unsure of herself. Tell me you are friends, she whispered. We will always be friends. You loved all your love to us, said reaching out for her. Hand in hand, we walked out of the woods. The mist was rising. I saw no shadows before. Before us, only the clear air comes there. I knew Estella and I would be never parted again.